0: is week five talking about walking in the life of God walking in the life of God and what we're talking about here is walking in the quality of life the very essence of life that God has so turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10 in verse 10 and we're going to jump off here tonight Last week we started talking about the power of God's life in you. You know Jesus said this in John 10:10 10, 10, he said listen the thief comes right but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. So if there's anything in your life that's trying to steal, if there's anything in your life that's killing anything or destroying anything, it's not God. Amen. Right? God doesn't use Satan to get his point across at all. No, a kingdom divided against itself could never stand. Right? God corrects us very clear. He corrects his children, not with adverse circumstances, but with his word. His word is how he corrects us. Do you know you punish criminals, but you correct your children? Right? So, so we got to make this clear. But Jesus said, But I am come that they might have life. And this is the Greek word zoe. It literally means the quality of life that God has, the very essence of life that God has. Wow, isn't that amazing? It's eternal life. Do you know you possess eternal life? God, when you simply, through faith, said, I believe your word, I believe Jesus died on a cross for my sin, that he was made a curse for me and he redeemed me from the curse of the law, and now, Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my Lord. My life is yours forever. And when you said that and invited him in, the Holy Spirit of God came on the inside of you We sang about it tonight. And he took the old spirit man that you were that was dead and separated from him and literally old things passed away. He put a brand new spirit in you. He took up residency. The Holy Spirit of God took up eternal residency in your spirit and then he shed the love of God abroad in your heart. You have the Zoe, life of God. Jesus talked a lot about it And I want to encourage you Go back the last four weeks And look at some of the things That the word of God is saying You know this I don't know how long we'll go But we're going to really do a a very thorough job On looking at at the life of God He came that you might have life And that you might have it More abundantly literally more than enough a super abundant supply it's more than enough for you you've got to give it away and here's the thing no matter how much you give away you still have more than enough it's eternal everything about god propitiates it it grows it increases i love that so then jump over to mark chapter 11 Because, you know, we want to talk a little bit tonight Mark chapter 11, we're going to look at verse 22 through verse 24 But we have to talk about this Because it's not just enough to possess eternal life You have to walk that out God doesn't want you to just come to Faith Family Church And hear the Word and see from the Word of God How to walk victoriously in theory Right You know a lot of time I mean you go to Bible school You go to seminary And and, or whatever and, And you learn some things About ministry in theory But then you step out To do what God's called you to do And now You take what you learned in theory And you walk it out Experientially And that's what God wants for you He wants you to know the blessing of the Lord not, not in theory But he wants you to experience it So we know We're, you know, we're talking about this on Sunday we're, we're talking so much about Walking out your faith You have to know Who you are You have to know you've been made The very righteousness of Almighty God In Christ You have to know that the power of sin Has been broken off your life And that sin will never have dominion over you Do you know if sin doesn't have dominion over you The result of sin, the wages of sin Has no dominion over you either That's death, right? We're never going to taste spiritual death Jesus tasted it for us Death for a Christian simply means separation My spirit separates from my body For a season Right? That's about it And I'm present with the Lord. So let's look at this, because we have to realize something. We are to live by faith, and we are to walk by faith. What that tells me, and it's in the commanded tense, the just shall live by faith. That tells me that God wants me to walk intimately with him in a constant revelation of his word going off in my spirit as I put his word first, as I literally receive his word with ears to hear, and now I hear the voice of God, his word speaking to my heart constantly, and faith comes by hearing his word, and now his word becomes a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, so now I'm walking literally in the faith of God and by the faith of God. So it's how, the Bible says it's how we receive everything from the Lord. God provided everything for you and I by his grace. But we must receive through faith what he's given us by his grace. Right? We must receive it. It doesn't say that he'll give it to us. He's already gave it to us. It's not a matter of him giving you something. It's not a matter of him coming down and healing you. No, no, no. He's already sent his word and healed you. Right? He's already taken care of you financially. Jesus was made poor on that cross so that you through his poverty might be made rich, the word rich being a full and overflowing supply. God he wants to invade every area of your life so that you experience his quality and essence of life. And, and in your walk of faith. So we've got to look at faith. Because there's a couple little things. You know, we go to Mark chapter 11 because it's probably the greatest teaching by Jesus that explains the operation of faith. You know, you know the story, he cursed the fig tree, Right? He curses the fig tree in the morning. They go to Jerusalem. They pass by the fig tree on their way back to Bethany. Nothing's changed, apparently, right? They get up the next morning to go back into Jerusalem. And and now they're, they're on their way back. They go by it. So almost 24 hours later, when they're coming back, Peter goes, Lord, this fig tree you cursed, it's withered away, it's dried up from the root. And when, when, when he said, Jesus, look at that. It says in verse 22, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. So how he answered that statement to all of them was he says, have faith in God. Can be translated, you've heard me say this, have the faith of God. Have the faith that God has. Right? And now he's going to explain it in verse 23. He says, for verily, this is very strong in the Greek, most assuredly I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whoever, the faith of God, isn't that amazing? It's for whoever. God's no respecter of persons. Wow. He loves the precious fruit of the earth. He says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed. So now we know this is how to use faith against something. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Here we go. He shall have whatsoever he saith now that is just exciting but the problem is he shall have whatsoever he saith the problem with that it's great we'll have what we say but the problem with that is there's a period there it doesn't say within 24 hours (laughs) right it doesn't say within seven days it actually does not give us a time frame Okay, so, so, okay, well, okay, so that's faith against something. Let's try the next verse, verse 24. This is faith to receive something. So he says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. So when do you believe that you receive them? When you pray. And you shall, ooh, that word shall again, shall have them. Period. Darn it. Right? doesn't say you shall have them in a specific period of time, but it says when you pray, you believe that you receive them when you pray. When you speak to the mountain, you believe that The words that you say and you don't doubt those words in your heart. Right? The time period is the problem. Time tests faith. Have you ever had time test faith? Have you ever had a circumstance talk to you? Have you ever had Satan go, I wonder why that hasn't happened yet? Right? So we need to talk about this. So according to, According to verse 23, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he saith. So from this verse, we have the conditions of receiving. Here's the conditions. You believe in your heart and you say with your mouth and the end result, we don't know the time period, but the end result is you will have what you say. I believe in my heart, I speak with my mouth, and you will have what you say. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Now we learn from other scriptures like John fifteen seven. We get more clarity in this. Because does that mean if I want if I want a Rolls Royce, does that mean I just have a right to do that? Well, do you have any scriptures on that one? You, can just, you just decide what you want and you could just, no, no. John 15, 7, right? If we abide in Him and His words abide in us. What is His word? His word is His will. It says you will ask whatever you will. Why? Because your will and His will is one now. Right? If you abide in Him and His words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will, and it might be? No. Here's the word shall again. Notice this time period thing. And it shall be done unto you So this is why it's so important Hearing is a result Part of that Greek word In Romans 10, 17 Faith comes by hearing As we've talked about It literally means you understand The message and the reality Of what's being said The reality Here's the reality you've got to know If it says it If God says he gave it to you in his word, it's his will. Now as you walk with the Lord long enough, you realize, I'm so glad God didn't give me everything I used to pray about. Right? No, no, he knows. Jeremiah, he even told Jeremiah the prophet a wonderful scripture, it's not even in man to direct his own steps. Paul's letter to Timothy you know, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, hasn't even entered into your, and it's, it's the word heart, but it literally means your soulish realm, your mind, the wonderful things that God's prepared for those that love him. In other words, we have to be led by the spirit of God, but so whatever we're talking, whatever we're speaking, see, it, it says over and over again in scripture, hold fast to the confession of your faith the homo logeo of your faith. That means to say the same thing. It, he said to Joshua, don't let my word depart out of your mouth. You meditate in it day and night, right? Over and over again, it talks about, don't put my word first place, Proverbs four. Keep it ever before your eyes, incline, give it your undivided attention. Keep it in the midst of your heart. What does this mean? Everything we say, everything we do comes from God's word. So this is why when you read these scriptures on faith, of course it means to, that you're going to receive what God has already said he's given you. Right? So all of a sudden, wow. Healing is kind of a done deal. Right? Provision for your life. Deliverance, safety, freedom, being whole, peace, joy. We have all of these blessings that he said not going to give us, he's already given them to us. So how we receive it is through faith, but there's a difference between the time that you believe you receive. When I pray, I believe that I receive something. I can't sense it with my senses, I can't pers- or I can't perceive it with my senses, but I know that God said he gave it to me, and when I hear the word of God, now faith is birthed, I'm fully persuaded of this. So I reach into the unseen realm, and I believe that I receive it. That, that word believe that you receive here in Mark, it's believe you seize hold of it, and you shall have it. It will come through that channel of faith into this realm. Believe you receive it, and you shall have it in your life in this realm. Why? Because faith, Hebrews 11, 1, it gives substance to the things that you're expecting, that you're hoping for, right? A confident, joyous expectation. Faith is the proof that I have Uh, One translation says it's the title deed that I have what I cannot see. But here's the thing. To walk in the life of God, you're going to have to deal with the time period between you believe that you receive and the time that you have it in your life. Does that make sense? And your flesh doesn't like that. Believing you receive and having are two different points. Believing you receive, though, will bring you to the place of having. Okay? So let's go. The question then is, well, how long? Right? How long? But see, here's the thing. When you keep your eyes on Jesus and you're thankful and you're walking by the faith of God, you put that down All how you respond to that is how long I have it now right I've believed I've received it it's already mine I already own it and it's it, how it comes to me that's God's deal don't even ask me about that right you don't have to know how a lung works to have a new lung isn't that good news right See here's what the devil will make you feel During this time period though And maybe this is just unique to me So you could tell me Okay I'm being funny right now The devil will try to make you feel That there is something wrong with you Something wrong with your faith Right If you don't have it Right away And when you're believing God for something Have you ever run into a whole bunch of people That prayed and just received right away. Isn't that just such a blessing? It is a blessing to you when you're living out of your spirit. But it's not a blessing to you because your flesh is going, what? (laughs) Right? What do I do then from the time that I believe that I receive and the time that I actually have it? We have to know this. And the Word of God talks about this. I've talked about this a certain way before, but we need to to keep getting this down in us. Because guys, it is imperative for you to lay hold of everything that God has provided for you. It's imperative. Because this is your your plan. This is your life. God has given you this life. He puts you on the planet for such a time as this. And he wants you to walk in everything that Jesus provided for you. So this is a pretty prevalent thing. You'll have people that'll say, you know, I just don't believe that faith stuff because I tried it and it didn't work. Right? And, and, it's, and, it, and people are hurting. And what they don't realize is, no, you've never met somebody that got in faith and stayed in faith that you didn't see the answer in their life. Every time. Because God is not a man that he would lie. It's impossible for him to lie. So let's look at James chapter 1, because James, the pastor of of the church, Jewish church in Jerusalem, he he dealt with this. So James chapter 1, verse 1. Let's look at this. It starts out, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting Now, he was writing to Jewish believers that were under great persecution. Okay? They were facing things greatly persecuted. So he starts out with this this little greeting. He has a very, very short greeting, and then he jumps right in to deal with the subject of what do you do from the time that you believe that you receive and the time that you have. He immediately just right away jumps in it. But you know, when people are being persecuted, when things are going on in their life, they don't have time for a 24-hour sermon. It's like, I, I, need, I need something right now, right? So this is, this, that's why I love the book of James. He says this. What do you do from the time that you believe that you receive until the time you have? My brethren, number one, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When you fall. This means, this Greek word, it literally means when you are completely surrounded, when you are encompassed by different temptations. And this word temptations, it literally means tests, trials, trials, and adversities that will come at you and surround you for the purpose of causing, putting pressure on you, right? That's what it does. They're all designed to put pressure on you. Why? One reason and one reason only to pull your eyes off of the Word of God. Because if you get in faith and stay in faith, you're going to see the answer. Right? That's why when somebody's going through something, don't go ask them how they're feeling. You walk up to them as your believer, as a fellow brother or sister in Christ, that you love them, you tell them how they're feeling. Or, or not how they're feeling. You Forget how they're feeling. You tell them how they're believing. You tell them what God's word says. Right? You're already more than a conqueror. You already have believed you've received this. The healing power of God is working in you. The money, the angels of God are out there bringing it in right now. God is faithful. He never lets anyone down. That's what we're talking about. You count it all joy. Now, this is an interesting thing because what he's saying, this Greek phrase, count it all joy, it means that you take action as if this circumstance is not dominating your life. And you're going to have to count it all joy because it's not just joyous. Have you noticed the tests, the trials, the pressures, all the pressures that are telling you this is not going to work this time. The Word of God, you're, you're, you're going under this time. It's over for you. That's not joy. You have to count it joy. Right? Right? You'd count it joy because you don't always have instantly what you have believed that you've received. You wouldn't have to count it joy if you believed that you received it. And... Now, boy, I'll tell you, I love those instantaneous things. Right? Sometimes Satan even loves those instantaneous things because he's like, okay, well, I lost that one. But then the next time when you gotta wait a little while, he's going, "Hey, so, what's your problem, man? If you had more faith, if you were a better person, right? If you hadn't kicked the dog this morning, you probably you'd probably have your answer. If you didn't smart off to your wife or your husband, if you, you know, if you, if you would have, I mean, all the things. This is what happens. This is real, right?" The devil would like you to believe that if you were the only, if you were just a little stronger in faith, if you can just confess the word like Pastor Tony, you would walk in it. And that's all baloney. It's, it's baloney. No, no, no. Faith works. Faith works. I don't care how long you've been waiting. It, the faith that you got in And the faith that you're in tonight The power of that faith of God Has not waned Right? So don't be moved by this The devil would like you to believe That the thing that you're going through Is because you're too weak in faith Or because you're just in sin And and there's just no way You're ever going to get this But that statement Cannot be true Because the Holy Spirit is telling James to write this to everyone. So it couldn't be true. James would have to say, okay guys, now verses 1 through verse 3 is only for the spiritually immature people. But he didn't clarify that, did he? No, no, this is all of us. And Satan, he knows he, he's been playing this deception, deception game a long time, right? He's been playing it a long time. That's why you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. I mean, he came at Jesus in the wilderness. Hey, if you be the son of God. First thing he attacked was his identity. Do you think that my, he might attack who you are in Christ? Oh, absolutely will, right? Right? So that's why he, you don't want to get on the works bandwagon. You're, you're, you're not working for salvation. You're not working for a healing. Right? We work out salvation. Right? Today I worked out. I didn't work for a body. I worked out my body. Right? So we, so we got to keep our eyes on that don't make your faith thing about you. It's all about Jesus. So it says here, count it all joy when you're surrounded, when you fall into diverse temptations. Verse three, knowing this. See, you can count it all joy because you know something. What do you know? That the trying of your faith works patience. When your faith is proven and tested, it will work, or that Greek word means it brings about patience, which is a spiritual force. It's a fruit of your spirit. This word patience is hupomene. It literally is endurance. It means to keep pressure against. It's endurance that grows under trial. Count it all joy, brethren, when test trials, adversities, are bringing pressure on you to take your eyes off Jesus Because you know that when something is trying to pull your eyes off Jesus, patience will rise up and undergird your mind and keep your mind on Jesus. Right? That's what Hebrews is talking about. As we run our race, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Patience. It's it's literally a fruit of the Spirit. It will rise up. It's a spiritual force. And it will literally undergird your mind to keep you looking at the Word. And nothing else. To where you can say, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved only by what I believe. Because remember... You're not trying to grow to where you get the life of God You've already got it The quality and essence of the very eternal life of God Dwells in you Isn't that amazing? See, and as we've said in past services It changes your behavior It changes every arena of your life It causes you to see things as they really are Not as they seem And it's a birthplace of miracles Patience, in other words, is part of the operation of faith. It talks about the trying of your faith. Knowing this, the trying of your faith. That would have to be talking about time. It would have to be talking about circumstances. It had to be talking about conditions that these Jewish believers were in that they were experiencing right now. When when they read the trying of your faith, they're going, oh my gosh, is my faith being tried? I am surrounded by pressure, and it's all trying to take my eyes off of the Word of God. Remember the parable of the sower. Satan comes and steals the Word out of a person's heart because they take their eyes off of it And the minute you take your eyes off of it, you doubt it. It's the only reason why you would take your eyes off of it. And that's what he wants you to do, is doubt God. Right? He started that in the garden. Well, surely God didn't say. Come on, Eve. Surely God didn't say. Right? He's still doing the same thing. these Jewish Christians that, that this letter was written to, they have to be standing in faith for something that they're not seeing. The Holy Spirit is giving them instructions on what to do between the time that they believe that they received and the time that they will actually take possession of what they believe they've received. This is, this is dealing about this time. Verse 4, he goes on. But let patience have her perfect work. This Greek word perfect means finished work. Let patience have her finished work or perfect work that you may be perfect. Different Greek word. That you may be complete is what that word means. And entire. I love what this Greek word means. It means whole. But let patience have her finished work. Why? that you may be complete and whole wanting nothing why wanting nothing because you already know you have everything think of the peace i mean could you imagine you buy a lottery ticket and and it's 200 million dollars could you imagine the feeling that you would have when you go and you read these numbers, wherever they are, you, you read the winning numbers and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, Jeanette, we just, we just won $200 million. Now, it would be based on the lottery commission, but we would probably be like, we'd instantly be like, doing what? Okay. Wow, $200 million. Man, we're gonna, you know, first of all, we're going out tomorrow, we're looking for land, we're, we're paying off this building, we're doing this, we're sowing in, we know missionaries around the world. We're, I mean, we would just, we would be just going crazy about, oh my gosh, as if we had it. And that's just on the word of a lottery commission. But we're talking about God's word. I'm telling you guys, it's the same but only a lot better because God can't lie, right? And he said some pretty awesome things about your life. He said things like you will die, you will not die, but you will live and you will declare the words of the Lord, right? So, so very important. But let patience have her finished or her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, Wanting nothing. Why? You've received the object of your faith. You know you've believed you've received. So patience is a function of time because if there was no interim period between the time that you believe that you receive and the time that you have, then we wouldn't have to, there'd be nothing to be patient about, right? Isn't that amazing that God has given us this? To see us through. So that's why no matter what you're going through, listen, patience will cause you to be able to be at peace and enjoy the journey. I don't care what you're in. Paul was in some pretty crazy situations. And he called, he was in the Mamertine prison. And he called that light affliction. Worst prison on the planet. And he called that light affliction. Why? I wonder if there was some spiritual force that was helping him, right? God has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. You are equipped to walk in the very life of God and show that to the world. So it says here in verse five, it goes on, it says, now, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, in other words, God is the God who gives, every, gives to all men more than they ask, and he upbraids not. That means he never gets down on you for the mess you've created. But it says here, and it shall be given to him. But now, wisdom. Okay, what, what are you talking about, James? You go from counted all joy to wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom... Well, what is wisdom? Wisdom flows out of the Word of God, and it it literally enables you to apply the Word of God so that you would walk in the victory that the Word has promised you. In other words, it tells you what to do. It tells you how to lay hold. When you believe you receive your healing, do I go to the doctor? Do I not? Do I take medicine? Do I not? Do you know how many foolish Christians think that faith comes by not taking medicine? That's foolish. Has nothing to do with medicine. As a matter of fact, if you're taking medicine, better take it in faith, because there's some things in there that could cause some side effects. Right? Faith doesn't come by not going to the doctor. Right? Going home early, a lot of times, will come by something that stupid. Right? I remember Keith Moore, in healing school, told a story about a guy... That was in healing school And he had a brain tumor And when they took When they took the MRI or whatever they, The CAT scan or whatever It was like it had tentacles And it was, it was on his brain And it had tentacles Like several of them that were going into his brain And, and literally They're like listen we, we really need to operate on this thing But we can't Because the damage it would do, we just, there's no way. So he told, he told Keith that. He's sitting in healing school. He comes up. He hears the word of God. He's like, okay, I'm going to believe I receive. God is my healer. He believes that he receives his healing. And, and you know, he's coming to healing school. It's the time between you believe or you receive and you'll have. But, you know, things are pressing and they're going you know we need to do something finally there was this one surgeon i think the surgeon was a christian there was one surgeon that says i think i can do this and the guy he told keith he said i just felt a peace about having that surgical procedure but he goes i know i'm healed but i just have a peace about having it and so keith, keith goes well you got to be led Nobody else could tell you what to do. You have to be led. So he literally went. They opened up his skull. Surgical team's in there. It's going to be a several-hour surgery to try to, I mean, every tentacle that's going in. And they take an instrument. The surgeon takes an instrument. And the minute he touched the brain tumor, it shifted. And he like he's like, that's kind of strange. And so he touched it again, and it would shift. And pretty soon, he just... Lifted it up. And all the tentacles came right out of the guy's brain. I mean, we're talking like a minute surgery. And, and on the bottom of every tentacle, it was black, as if the power of God went right and just seared it. And there was and, and so they just, right? closed them up and. So what this is talking about it can't be talking about wisdom in a general sense. 1 Corinthians 130 says it says this, but of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is already made unto us wisdom as much as he's already been made unto us righteousness. Nowhere in the New Testament are we told to ask for righteousness. Why? Because we already have it. Right? The Holy Spirit would never impress upon you to ask for something that you already have. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit would impress upon you to claim and lay hold of what Jesus provided for you, though. He would always do that. So what is he talking about? Wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom. He's talking about wisdom in the middle of your circumstance that is to tell you what to do from the time that you believe that you receive until the time that you have, the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what to do. He might start you out by just going, okay, you're going to just, there's revelation knowledge, uh, you're going to start confessing, I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. He'll tell you exactly what to do. So what do you do? You keep feeding on the Word. You keep meditating in it just the way a Christian's supposed to live their life, right? You watch what you're hearing. You surround yourself, put yourself in an environment of faith, and then you let the wisdom of God flow You've heard me say this before, haven't you? The word of God comes, or the will of God comes into your heart in the form of his word, but it comes out of your heart in the form of desires. And the wisdom of God flows out of your heart. It'll tell you exactly what to do in this time period. There are those that are here tonight. I I would venture to say, possibly every one of us are in Something that we're believing God for And we're in this time period Between believing that we receive it And we'll have it Aren't you? Yeah I mean I could think of a big one That has to do kind of with America This election Right? Well what do we do? We we ask for wisdom And then we're led Right? And we stand on the word of God and you're going to see glorious things happen. Right? I mean, I mean, then, then we have our personal lives. There's things. You know, I'm your pastor. I know a lot of you guys are believing God for some specific things. But the ones that I don't know, I'll guarantee you're believing God for something. Right? So all of us are right here. Ask God. But, but listen... When you ask God for wisdom, realize he will give he gives to all men liberally. So it's not like God's going to make you wait for that. Oh no, no, he'll give you a liberal portion. Man, he'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you when, how, what it looks like. I mean, he'll tell you everything. And oh gosh, if you mess up and Satan's trying to mess with you in that area, he will make sure you know. I don't get down on you for the mess you've created, so don't you get down on yourself for the mess you've created, right? And everybody said amen on that. Man, I'm telling you, the enemy has stolen things from me because he's gotten me into the shame game. Guilt and condemnation. When Romans tells me there is therefore now, now that Jesus came out of the tomb, no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And I know I'm in Christ because according to Romans 6, his spirit lives in me, so I'm in Christ. Right? So literally, this is why this is written. I love that. We have to know this. Verse 6 of James chapter 1. But let him ask in faith... So if you ask for wisdom, you've got to ask in faith, nothing wavering. Have you ever noticed when you are where tests, trials, adversities are coming at you, you're encompassed by them? Have you ever noticed those thoughts are coming from different areas and they'll try to ignite shame, worthlessness, past sin? They'll get you so confused. So this is why James is telling his people, he's going, listen, when you ask for wisdom, ask in faith. Nothing wavering, don't waver in this. God will give it to you liberally. He'll tell you, in other words, James is saying, guys, I know you're going through a lot. Count it all joy, because man, I'm telling you, when when you're pressed, patience will undergird you, and you could ask God for wisdom, and he'll tell you exactly what to do. Have you ever messed up so bad? I remember talking to my pastor going, okay, you're talking about finding the will of God for your life. Okay, so what do I do? I've messed this whole thing up. I have no idea. And he's like, oh, that's real simple. Just go back to the last time you were in the will of God and start there. Well, that might have been simple for him, Mr. Bible Thumper, but not for Mr. Ridiculous. Right? I'm like, and I told him, I'm like, well... I'm sure that January 22nd, 1962 in Cook County Hospital when I came out of my mother's womb I was in the will of God but after that point which I really don't even remember that one I I have no idea so now what do I do? It doesn't matter the Holy Spirit will do what he always does he'll meet you right where you are tonight And he will start giving you wisdom. And sometimes he will have to unravel some things. But don't worry about that. He's never late. And it's already yours. I love this preaching. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed. God does never, he never wants you driven and tossed by anything or anyone. He wants you led by him. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. Right? He causes me to lay down in green pastures. He restores my soul. It goes on, he causes my cup to be overflowing. I mean, all of these things, this is our God. This is so separate from what the enemy's trying to do, drive you, toss you, freak you out. This is why when you realize, no, 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 Nope. listen, there's some pretty freaky things going on outside, but I don't care if a 1,000 fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. I abide in the secret place. It is not coming near me. Right? I mean, I have a home security system. Wow, the one in the natural's kind of silly. I mean, it makes a loud noise and it'll call these, these guys we call police officers or whatever, but I'm telling you, that's nothing like... The real security system, the angel of the Lord encamps around about me to deliver me and my family and my children. Yeah, but my kids, man, they're they're grown and they're out there just blowing it. Yeah, and you you tell them, hey, those are my kids. So you got you keep them alive long enough until until the Holy Spirit can convince them to get their life together. Right? I'm telling you. Why? This is is who we are, guys. This verse gives us the qualifications for asking God for wisdom. And it shows us, it shows us how to ask God for wisdom so that we'll know what to do in every circumstance. Like when we came together and prayed last Sunday night, we started praying in the Spirit. Then all of a sudden, people started being stirred to pray a certain way. By the end of that time of prayer, which seemed like it lasted three minutes, there was such a peace, right? It's just, it's amazing. It's it's for you in your life. Remember that faith is your connection to those things that you can't see that God's already provided for you. The Holy Spirit is telling us that faith, it could be directed in any area. See, if, if you already knew what to do in your situation, there'd be no need to ask in faith. I mean, people ask me my opinion of their situation. But I've got to be real honest with you. And I, I hope this doesn't cause you to leave the church, because I love you, but I don't want my opinion. I, I mean, I don't. If you come to me and ask my opinion and I start saying anything but it is written... Throw all that junk out and just stick with the it is written. And if you'll notice, it'll always have a lot of it is written. Right? Because it's truth. It's the answer. It tells us what to do. See, this passage of Scripture, it's the same principle that's in Mark eleven twenty three 23, and 24. This says nothing wavering. Mark eleven twenty three 23, and 24 It says it this way, shall not doubt in his heart. Do you understand it's talking about the same thing? James is telling us to count it all joy during the time that you've believed that you've received until you have. You count it all joy. Because every time you're pressed, you know patience is going to undergird your mind and keep your eyes right on Jesus. So you're not going to be like Peter. Peter was walking on the water, man. That's awesome. I mean, we in the Midwest, we could walk on water, you know, ja- late January, maybe early February. You know, or if we go to Minnesota, we could walk on the water all winter, right? But not liquid water. But, but Peter got his eyes off Jesus, But we don't have to as a believer because patience will undergird us and keep our eyes on him. Do you know this will keep you out of fear? It'll keep you out of all anxiety. It it will literally, it'll it'll take depression out of your life. It'll bring a joy and a peace in your life because literally when you're pressed, you instantly, it is written, it's coming up. And it's alive and it's powerful. It's the spiritual force. It literally, the harder the enemy screams and comes, the stronger you are in him. I, I love that. Proverbs 15:23 says this: "Man hath joy by the answer of his mouth." See, a lot of us are waiting for the feeling of joy to just roll up when we're being hammered by circumstances. No, 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 no. Joy comes by the answer of your mouth. This is why you have to have your eyes on Jesus so that what comes out of your mouth is his word. Because the joy of the Lord, what do you think of the Lord means? The joy of his word is the joy of the Lord. And man will have the joy of the Lord as he, by the answer of his mouth. The answer, that means when the test and the trial and the circum... This is preaching. And the circumstance is pressing you. When it's pressing you, you have to answer it. Jesus answered that fig tree. That fig tree said to him, "No, you're not having breakfast today, right? You're not having those bacon-wrapped dates that the staff had the other night at Biagi's, right? Nope, not having it, Jesus. And he answered. It says he answered the tree and said, No, man, eat of you. Man, I'm telling you, when you get pressed, you will have an answer. And that it is written. What does that mean? That means you're submitted to the Lord. You're resisting the devil, and he will flee from you, and you will just walk. I mean, in the midst of a storm, some storms say you're going to die. Right? Right? But but you were through a storm that said you're gonna die. Now you're in the remnant of the storm that's saying you're never gonna be able to preach again. Wait till you hear the stronger voice that he's ever had come out of his mouth. Right? Right? I'm telling you, it's just it's Bible. Jesus bore it. And it's truth, and we can be just like our Father and stand at the beginning of a battle and tell what's going to happen at the end of it because God is faithful and His Word is true. The Bible is telling us, count it all joy during the time you believe that you receive and when you have. Your faith, your faith is just as effective No matter what length of time it has been or has transpired between the time that you first prayed and believed that you received until the time that you have. His word never comes, it never loses power. Faith never loses power. So don't be moved by time. I'm telling you guys, and and we have other examples here. Maybe we'll go into them as the Lord leads us. Maybe next week we'll finish some of these up. But I'm telling you that you already are victorious. You already have the victory. The battle was Jesus's. He gave you the victory, and your Father now always causes you to triumph. That is the party after the victory. So when you think, man, sickness is racking my body and I feel like I'm in a battle, you got to realize, no, you're not. That battle that you're feeling that's very real is over. It was over 1,990 years ago. And your father will cause you to have a triumphant party from the time that you believe that you receive until you have it. You might not even notice when you have it because you're just so thankful and you're just partying. Has that ever happened to you? Do you know that's what this life is going to be like for us? I'm telling you, you're going to walk in such a level of faith. We're going to be walking with Jesus in intimacy with Him through every trial, every pressure, every situation. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be up in the air going, oh, oh, and he's going to have his reward. And you're going to see it when he's talking to you. The Bible says when he comes, he has his reward with him. Phoenice is going to be standing and going, it's Jesus. And when she looks down at his hand, she's going to see a victor's crown. And she's going to know, wow, I've been waiting my whole life to hear that well done, good and faithful servant. Right? You've been faithful over this But now in my eternal kingdom, I'm going to put you over this. I mean, this is our life, guys. Don't be moved by any of this nonsense on the earth. Is a virus real? Yes. Is it real? Is it to move us? Absolutely not. Nothing moves us. Why? Because we were created in Christ Jesus. And in him, the Bible says, I was taken out of the delegated influence of darkness. I was put in the kingdom of God's dear son. I was literally... Literally tucked away with Christ in God. And now, according to Acts 17 28, it is in Him that I live and that I move and that I have my very being. And I'm never moved by anything outward. I'm only moved by that voice, yes. that voice on the inside of me. Oh, the world system could yell. But Jesus, see, the enemy could yell about stealing, killing, and destroying. But Jesus, he's already come and he's already given me an overflowing supply of the zoe, eternal life of God.